We might be too young to have a spotted cow, but we are both diehard Packers fans. I could talk about this for hours. He was my legend. He was my quarterback one. Taysom Hill, forever in my heart. We have a kind of a reputation of being the young, the young diehard fans. How is that, Dr. Pepper Taysom? Amazing. Hey, good. Let's keep it under 25 minutes, all right? What is going on, everybody? Welcome to episode 84 of the Underage Packers podcast here on YouTube, Spotify, Apple Podcasts, everywhere where you find podcasts and all of the great Packers content. I am Joey, one of your co-hosts. I am so excited not only to preview a great game against the Washington football team in week seven of the Packers season, but I'm also ready to talk some trash Throw some stuff out there into the universe because I've been seeing some things that aren't necessarily getting me angry, but I'm just like, you are entitled to your own opinion, but sometimes your opinion is just wrong. Big B, after that grand introduction, welcome to the show. Yeah, can't wait for this one. This will be interesting. You're just going to sit back and watch me unspiral, unravel down a, a bad hill. Yeah, it should be a fun one. Before we get into any of that, I wanted to show off my shirt that arrived in the mail a few weeks ago. I meant to do something more with it um, when I first got it. And we were going to work on some more shirt designs, and I still want to work on that. But uh, Aaron Agler, thanks to him, we sent a sample to him. He's got his shirt, and he so graciously, so kind of him to wear his shirt on Carry the G with A.J. Dillon. Uh, this past Monday. So thanks to him. And so as to return the offer, return uh, the kind offering, I'm wearing my TSA TV hat today, but I'm also wearing my long sleeve under each Packers shirt here. It's like a math equation. Let me move my mic out of the way here. Dr. P's, goats, Joey plus Big B. It's pretty epic, I, if I do add. <laughs> you, you have yours, right, Big B? Yes. Yeah, yes, so... Sir. I mean, if you wear it anywhere besides uh, your your weekly podcast gatherings that you have with your friends and family, it won't make sense. But that's exactly what the occasion is for. And I love this shirt. But let's head into this game against Washington. And uh, also, we'll talk a little bit about this Bears game, which we'll start off with um, since we aren't doing our recaps anymore, really a full episode recap. So, so many people talked about i still own you because it is so epic it's so legendary from aaron Rodgers. but we have some photographic evidence from uh one of the news station reporters local news for green bay kyle mason who by the way also has some awesome content all throughout the season he's been doing a great job but somehow he got his hands on this picture of a a lot of bears fans flipping Aaron Rodgers off when he scores such touchdown. Um, If you recall, Aaron said that he saw, he just saw one lady flipping him off uh, when he ran in for a touchdown, gave Chicago the belt. But there is plenty. Kyle was able to find, uh, there's one guy in the front row there. And then, I mean, there's at least circles everywhere. One, two, three, four, five that you can count of Bears fans flipping Aaron Rodgers off. So, that's that just makes it even more legendary as I pop open nope. the Dr. Pepper here. Let me not sponsored, by the way. Not sponsored quite yet, but let me see if I can 
give some ASMR here. It's probably too quiet. Okay, back to business. <laughs> As I clean up my Dr. Pepper mess here. A lot of people flipping Aaron Rodgers off, and uh, that moment will live on and in me forever. Next up, let's uh, let's talk about some good performances from there because uh, the first quarter wasn't too good for the Packers, as yeah. that seems to be a kind of a theme, a pattern, uh, if you will, in these first six games. Uh, and then the offense kind of gets going, and that in turn allows the defense to make some good plays. But you know, we, we mentioned offense and defense, but you know who doesn't get enough love for a great performance against the Chicago Bears? Special teams. Maurice Drayden's unit on special teams. Corey Borhoquez, Boho Blast. Congrats to Peter Bukowski and Michelle Breton for uh, getting. That name, that nickname officially recognized by the Packers, Boho Blast. I'm loving it. Uh, <laughs> not trying to uh, make any company feud here with uh, using McDonald's saying and uh, Taco Bell's product. But Corey has an 82 yard punt. We're all the way backed up in our other end zone. He boots it down there, boots it down there. And Look, I, I have to address our friend Corey Banky because oh boy, God bless him. Very, very kind soul. But uh, he's also a notorious punter hater. And he, especially if there if it took a draft pick to acquire a punter, he will hold said punter to very high standards. He has these grades um, for punters. He has his instant reactions to every punt from Corey Warhokas. And this punt that traveled 82 yards ended up in the end zone, unfortunately. So really 62 yards. And Corey Benke has the audacity to say, yeah, that's not an A plus. I, you know, that's really nothing special. If he, yeah, it's, you know, it's not that cool. It's still only 62 yards and that's a point at 20. If he wanted an A plus, he should have had it at the one. Corey, I'm sorry to tell you, you're wrong. I don't care if I'm risking any future invites to the crib. <laughs> but you're just wrong on your takes about Corey Berquez. It's a great dude. He's a great punter. More importantly, a great dude, though. <laughs> I'm setting this one out. I'm setting this one out. All of the episode? No, no. Just, just, just this, your thoughts on Corey? Yes, because, you know, I want I I still haven't been invited to his house yet, and I kind of want to go there. <laughs> so, you know how it is. Yeah, and then, then you'll just be able to let me in through the back door. Yep. Okay. Okay. Now, defense. No. Defense. defense. Talk about defense, defense here. Okay, I, I tweeted out after – this Monday after the game, I said, is this Joe Barry defense good? Question mark. It's just so new, so different of an idea that a Green Bay Packers defense would be good at the very least. Like, I'm so apprehensive to say it. Like, am I, is my brain watching the same game that is actually happening? 
am I processing this information as to what's actually happening? Is Joe Barry's defense good, Big B? Tell me I'm right. It is very good. Very good. We're throwing that out now. Yes. Based on the stats, it's very good. They're fourth yes. in yards allowed. Just like last, well, last year they were ninth ranked, and I don't know how much that had to do when they were able to turn on the gas in the latter half of the season. But Joe Barry's defense, they're playing pretty well. And yes. other you know, other than when they get inside the twenty, you know. Yes, that's we'll, we'll we'll talk about that. But yeah, Bigby, who do you think yes. I'm going to say, or who, what's your answer to? the player most important to the Packers keeping success right now. Devondre Campbell! Cheers to that. Number 59, man. I, like, at first, week one, week two, like, oh, yeah, you know, he's better than I thought he was. Now we're here in week seven, and we're like, Devondre Campbell is this defense's best player these past few games. Maybe that's a little bit overarching. But he's like he's commanding that defense at middle linebacker, one of the most important positions on the defense, probably most important as the, the guy with a headset, you know. Yeah. And now with Jair Alexander out, Zadarius Smith out, two of the great leaders. They're left Kenny Clark. There's plenty of great players, but Kenny Clark and Vondre Campbell are really the two with the strongest veteran voices. Andre Campbell, uh, I can't. Was he the highest graded inside linebacker on Pro Football Focus? Correct. Sure was. So, uh, you know, I don't know if Devondre just sticks around with the team this year, goes wins the Super Bowl, and then twenty years from now we'll be talking. Hey, do you remember Devondre Campbell, <laughs> dude that we signed in June, in the depths of the off season, the haze of the off season where we didn't know who our quarterback was going to be. Comes in there, it's a, a guy with some freakish eyes from Atlanta. <laughs> and now he's here playing some great football for the Green Bay Packers. Yeah. So I, I feel like we've talked about Devondre every single week, but I love him, love what he does for this team. Yeah. And I, I don't think we would be at five and one without Devondre Campbell in the middle of the defense. Like he's played that well. Yeah. And I remember. When we signed him, people are saying, ah, he's going to be a little bit better than Blake Martinez. No, he is way better than Blake Martinez. He is better than Blake Martinez would ever dream about being. Okay? Better than Blake I think that Mar- made sense. I don't know if that made <laughs> sense. But it makes sense, all right? Better than Blake Martinez. Better than Christian Kirksey. Oh, yeah. And, uh, yeah, he's definitely been – and he, he really quickly – you see why – I know I, a few weeks ago I said – well, what, now it's looking like we should have kept Kamal Martin. I still think there's reason to believe that. But there's reason also to see they did not need him in there for any reason to start like many people suspe- suspected he would be on this team. And uh, so let's see. Or I, I just talked about Jair, Zedair is being out with injuries. But the Packers have a lot more injuries than just those two players. They're finally yes. getting David Bakhtiari back. Elton Jenkins is recovering, uh, but Josh Myers went down. Marquez Velta Scantling is on injured reserve. Um, a lot of other starters, and then also some just key depth guys. Like, if you pay attention to Twitter 
And like all the film guys, film analysis that are actually smart, like Ross Uslam. <laughs> yes. You realize that you, this team is hurting without Dominique Daphne. They have to yeah. change what they're doing on offense because they're without Dominique Daphne. And I'm not saying that as a insult or a comment on how bad Green Bay's offense is because they're not bad. I'm saying that more to the effect of every single player plays a really key part on this offense. There's so many moving pieces on this offense, Matt LaFleur's offense, that just a guy like Dominique Daphne being out can really end up changing a lot of what they're trying to do on the offensive side of the ball. So this team being able to recover from a buttload of injuries is awesome to see. And I know a lot of people, um, game against Cincy, game against Pittsburgh, I'm sure in these next few weeks when we have to face some tough teams, there's going to be some people who are saying, oh, my God, this is just like 2019 where we're winning games, but it doesn't look good. Oh, my God, we're going to get Paris in the NFC Championship game again. But, look, if they – if every single one of these next five games where they are still doing with few injuries, some really tough opponents, if they win ugly, I don't care. I only yes. care how the Green Bay Packers are playing in December. Yep. They can make it look pretty when it comes to then. And uh, just keep on crawling by with whatever you can, even if you have to be carried by Aaron Rodgers and Devontae Adams. I don't care. Win the same game, all right? Yeah. Like right now, we are just compiling as much wins as possible. It really don't matter until you're in December and January and then February. Exactly. And, man, what I've been thinking about lately, and I I found your tweet hilarious because while the idea of it is absolutely absurd, but – I get exactly what you're saying when you said, like, right after the Bears game, man, this season is going by so fast. I don't want it to end as if we were nearing the playoffs. I'm like, dude, we aren't even through a quarter of the – or probably through a quarter of the season now, but we're not even halfway through the season. Like, it's absurd to be saying, oh, my God, it's about to end. I already miss it. But at the same time, it goes by so fast. I know. We're already almost into that November stretch where, and I'm sure the the graphics teams at Fox are already getting their graphics ready on Aaron Rodgers' record at Lambeau Field in November and December. They're so oh, hyped boy. for that, that little November stretch where they get that momentum going, and then December they zoom. And uh, all of a sudden, you know, really in four weeks, we'll be talking MVP race, playoff races, all of that fun stuff, I cannot wait for it. But I am also trying to appreciate every moment that I can of where we are now in week seven. Okay, now oh oh oh, oh I almost skipped okay. my very my very thing that I'm so excited to talk about. So Packers signed Whitney Mercedes. I'm so excited for him. 31 years old. I think it's going to come in here and do some good stuff. And uh, me and Big B already put a video out on that. But the thing that I want to talk about is this just uh, the stupid take. Well, I won't say stupid because I don't I don't want to be such a 
I don't know what the word is for it, but such a, a jerk. And it's like, if you don't agree with me, you're just stupid. And it's very kind of unsophisticated, I guess, to say, oh, these people are just stupid. I think a different way than them. But the thing that has been annoying on oh. Twitter is this idea, you know, they signed Whitney Marsalis, they signed Jalen Smith, two veterans, and people all of a sudden are going, oh, my God. Oh, my God. Jesus, Jesus, Mary and Joseph, Brian Gutekinds is putting together a super team. He cares about winning now. Oh, my God. They are all in. It's the most all-in team I've ever seen. I know I hated you, Brian Gutekinds, in uh, July, but now we're here in November. And I'm like, oh, my God. You signed two veteran players, one who sucked in Dallas and another who's <laughs> 31 years old. Oh, my God, Brian, you are the greatest man to ever walk planet Earth. You could probably walk on water. Nancy. That was maybe a little bit of an over an exaggeration. A little? Jeez. All righty. But, oh, my God, these people that think, and this isn't even really about what you think about Jalen Smith or Whitney Mercedes, but, I mean, they're not anything special. But I just find it so funny that people see these moves and like, oh, I know those names. They must really, oh, wow, they're really all in now. What? Those are the two moves that you point to? Those are, and then also uh, the um, idea of, oh, Aaron Rodgers came in here. He had a stern chat with Mr. Gutekinds. And he changed the culture around. And we're already seeing the impacts of that, folks. The Packer way has changed. As if Ryan Gutekinds hasn't notoriously, over his first few years here, made these key midseason signings. I'm just not buying into this back, this idea that Aaron Rodgers convinced Brian Gutekinds to sign veteran players after the F, as if that wasn't already in his inventory of moves. And- the, reason why, the reason why I think people are saying this, mm-hmm. not mostly about Aaron Rodgers, this whole Aaron Rodgers deal, but just because they're names people have yeah. heard of. They're names that have been good for like two years ago. They're okay now, got cut by fr- two franchises, and now the Packers signed them because there's – like 15 people hurt on the team yes in that in that position alone and now and you know they're, they're just names that people yes, heard of. exactly heard that they were good at one point right yep Jalen smith high draft pick just a few years ago and I, yeah you really hit the nail on the head there and much better summarized what i was trying to say there they're, they're names yes. that they like to see and yes. i'm not saying that whitney or Jalen won't be good but like exactly like you mentioned, they are no different skill set. They're brought in for no other reason than Rasul Douglas or yeah. Joe Schmo is brought in. It's because of the injuries they have that depth. They feel these guys can start for them. They feel they can rely on them. But the reason people are getting so excited about these moves is because of the names and that, that point I hit on lastly, there is little uh, – that was not an exaggeration. 
Maybe them calling Brian Gutekinds the greatest person to walk on planet Earth, that might have been an exaggeration. But there are literally people that I see that I know this offseason, they were like, oh, my God, Brian Gutekinds is just incompetent. We need to check him into a mental hospital. Excuse my I use for hyperboles here. And um, I know and I know exactly who you're talking about too. Yeah, there's the one specific part. person of mine, but there's there's definitely yeah. others too. Yeah. And then here we come over here, and they signed two veterans, and they're like, wow, my mind has really changed on Brian Goodhins. I gotta tell you here. So <laughs> that's just funny to me. I don't don't get Jalen Smith and Whitney Mercedes confused for these dynamo night moves that the Packers are risking it all for. Yeah. And then, and these moves are literally no different than signing Damon Harrison and Jared Valdir last year, even though Valdir didn't even play for the Packers last year. Right. They're literally yeah, exactly. the same thing. Who was the, yeah. Jared Valdir is brought in because Dave Bakhtiari is out for the season. So. Yep. And then catches COVID and never plays, but you yep. know, besides the point. That was so disappointing, man. If, Jared, know. Who knows? If Jared Valdez was in there, maybe the Packers win the NFC title game and we get to have a great story. Hey, of, that, that's the, the Jared Valdez story is one for the ages as well. Oh, yeah. That's one you tell your grandkids. <laughs> Finally, I want to talk a little bit about this offense and then we'll get to the Washington football team. Two players that I'm really excited to see more get more involvement in this offense are Kylan Hill and Amari Rogers, two draft picks from this year. It's all Kylan at the start of uh, last week's game. Uh, have a nice screen, screenplay out of the backfield, made some nice yards after the catch. And then Amari Rogers has increasingly kind of uh, like we tend to see with rookies and then how he predicted his trajectory of playing time would go. Each week, it seems like he's getting more and more snaps. It started in that Steelers game. And it's just matriculating up, up, up. And all of a sudden, week 17 comes, and it'll be a, a pretty vital part of this offense. So I like the jet stuff with him. I like the motion with him, uh, using him as a blocker uh, for Amari. And then Kylan also having some really nice plays as a kick returner. Amari a little bit slow to, to learn the grasp of things at punt returner. But those two rookies, I'm really excited to see them uh, get more involvement on the offensive side of the ball. Now, let's head into this game that will be played at Lambeau Field this Sunday as the Green Bay Packers. The title of this episode is going to be Repping the 50s while dropping 50. Oh, man. What a title. Yeah. I'm did you, did you just come up with that? Or... What? Did you just come up with that on the spot? Or? No, I, I was like, I need to have a title for this script, and uh, it's just what I put in there. I was, I was going to say, if you just thought of that on the spot, that's pretty impressive. Yeah, well, <laughs> but they're <laughs> ripping the 50 throwback classics. Um, they look pretty sick, I got to admit. And I'm really excited because they you can see – what was I going to say? Well – to see how they actually look on the field because jerseys look so different, especially with new injuries. People like to have some instant reactions. Um, and then once they get on the field, they look they look a little or a lot different. So I'm excited to see how they look on the field. But they look pretty sick. They look pretty sick to wear, and I wish I owned one. Um, yeah. 
might have to set that up. But <laughs> uh, so Packers, they're going to be repping the 50s and they're going to be dropping 50 points. So Washington football team, they've had a, a disappointing season, an anti, uh, anti of what people thought. Uh, many people thought their defense was going to come out here and put the put the the ground lock on some offenses. And clearly, last week when the Chiefs beat them thirty-one to thirteen, they uh, their defense did not show up. And their defense still isn't bad, but they've they've had their up and downs. And last week specifically against Kansas City and Patrick Mahomey, uh, fellow State Farm guy, uh, they just could not stop big plays and we've saw even with Marquez Velda Scantling out for the Packers uh, when they struggle with red zone efficiency moving the ball past the the 15 the thing that has kept them in games and ended up winning them games is just the big explosive plays like uh, like I said even with MBS out Aaron Jones is able to break off one every so often Devontae Adams is going to get a lot of yards after the catch so Washington football team struggling with some uh, stopping the big plays against Patrick Mahomes is definitely something to watch uh, in this upcoming game. Um, their front seven, like I mentioned, it's still very good. They got a lot of talent with uh, Montez Sweat, Jonathan Allen, and Chase Young. There's three first-rounders there. They also have Matthew Ioannidis. So once again, man, I don't know when this break comes. When are we ever – going to play a team where like uh, I mean their, their defense well, I mean it's just all right yeah. like I for I feel the last four opponents we've had have had some of the toughest defensive line you had uh Cincinnati or Cincinnati who both of us didn't think too much of it then we realized man they got some talent over there Pittsburgh yeah. 49ers Chicago now they're going up against uh Washington Next week, they have two of the best in the league, just absolutely mind-blowing, Chandler Jones and J.J. Watt. Uh, And then they kind of get a break against the sucky Kansas City Chiefs defense. But just another week here where the offensive line more than likely out uh, without David Bakhtiari, definitely without Josh Myers, another tough challenge for them. Uh, for the offensive side of things for the Washington football team, you have Tyler Taylor Heineke, who had a really nice game, really nice second half game against the Tampa Bay Buccaneers in the playoffs last year. Um, but this year, he's proven he is what he is. He's an undrafted rookie from the XFL. And, you know, he's not bad. I mean, he's, I think he deserves to be a backup at the very least. But right now on the season, he has nine touchdowns and six interceptions big b i know you're like me and don't care about the washington football team that much don't watch them but uh what are some thoughts you have on this washington football team team <laughs> washington football team team um man uh yeah their de- defensive line like you said is very very good very very scary still even though the defense has not been great uh Last week they had uh, what was it like three three sacks like ten quarterback hits still against Patrick Mahomes that that defensive line can create havoc very very easily but their DBs are just not spectacular at all yep. that's where we're gonna have to take advantage of this defense for sure and that's where Washington has to take advantage of the Packers uh, Kevin yep. Keene is currently listed as questionable 
Jair Alexander is still on injured reserve. So now, no matter what you're looking for Washington, you're either looking at Eric Stokes and Rasul Douglas or Kevin Keene, Eric Stokes and Rasul Douglas. So um, the, both teams are going to have to be looking at those cornerbacks. Uh, speaking about the injury report, Kevin Keene, Darnell Savage, Preston Smith, all questionable. Big B, I'm sure, tell the people how many games Preston Smith has missed in his career. Zero. Zero. And uh, this week is a particularly big week for him as it is uh, his revenge game against his former team in Washington. Also a revenge game for Joe Barry, man. Uh, he's the defense coordinator, 32nd defense in the league for Washington, man. He's coming out. Revenge game for Joe Barry, man. Showing them what they were missing out if they just held faith in him for just one more season. And then, like we mentioned earlier, Josh Myers, Dennis Kelly, both ruled out. For the Washington football team, they have a few injuries. Uh, with Samuel Cosme, offensive tackle, Brandon Scherf, all-pro offensive guard, uh, Cam Sims, wide receiver, and Curtis Samuel, also a wide receiver, out for this game. Terry McLaurin was on the injury report this week, but uh, fortunately for Washington, he was removed today. So, Scary Terry, he's called, he has that nickname for a reason. Uh, and not because he wears scary costumes on Halloween. <laughs> Finally, for Washington, Antonio Gibson is currently listed as questionable, who outside of McLaurin is really their big hope for them on offense. So McLaurin is playing for them, so that's big. But Gibson, 357 yards on the season and three touchdowns as a running back, currently listed as questionable. So that is certainly something to watch when the injury reports come out. Big B, any other analytical thoughts on Washington before we get to our friend's uh, Aaron's question that she posed to us? Um, not really, um, but I'm very excited that, um, well, I shouldn't say excited because he's out, but Curtis Samuel not playing, that's, that's big. I was actually very, very nervous about that matchup. Um, he could very easily wreck the game as well for the Packers defense, especially if they're paying more attention to Terry McLaurin. Yeah, good point, especially with these beat-up corners. Uh, that would be quite a handful of wide receivers to handle. Now, to our friend, uh, we, we asked Twitter if anybody had any questions, any starting points of discussions uh, that they wanted to bring us. Um, we got one about Chucky the doll. Which we're, which we're not going to answer, but our friend Aaron Arnaz, uh, asked us your picks for the new uh, name of the Washington Football Club. So, you know, there's been a lot of controversy, a lot of picks about this, and some people they go with idea of they want to keep the red the, or the R in the name uh, just to keep it familiar to fans, not too different. Others want them to go with that alliteration of the two W's. I really, you know, I haven't thought about this too deeply. There's people that want the Washington Warriors, Washington, Washingtons. I was thinking, I was thinking, you know, oh, yeah, I was like, oh, they're in Washington, D.C., presidents, whatever. Oh, you know, most iconic president was George Washington. Could name their team after them. Oh, wait, the city is named after George Washington, too. That's. That kind of is a little bit of a problem there. Big deal. Yes. I mean, let, let me think about this for a few seconds here. What, you got any nominations? 
Um, well, going off the president side, Washington Lincoln's would be mm-hmm. sounds pretty decent. I just Not came bad. up with that in my head. That that sounds pretty decent for a football team. It's better than football team as a name. Yeah. That's yeah. That's if they it. keep Washington Football Club, like I think I saw somebody have that uh, broke the news. Or like, apparently, Washington Football Team is seriously considering Washington Football Team as their full permanent name, which would be ridiculous. <laughs> All right, I I yes. can't deal with this much longer. Not mm-hmm. that it <laughs> affects me. Um, yeah, I I don't know if I really have one. Warriors, it's too iconic with Golden State. Um. Capitals, Senators. I heard Red Wolves as well as one. Mm-hmm. I like that. You know, the, the R is definitely going to be one of Washington Riots. That'd be really fitting. <laughs> oh, my. I don't think you want to go there, to be honest. <laughs> we won't travel down that avenue. <laughs> yeah. Well, then, I think that's where we're going to end this episode off. It should be a fun one against Washington. I don't know if uh, we'll be doing a live stream or not. But tomorrow, Saturday, Big B will have his three keys out, and I should have a video on my three X-Factors for this game. I'm looking forward to it. Let's move on to six and one. Uh, Me and Big B will be back here Tuesday um, to recap uh, Washington and then on a shortened week to preview the Cardinals game. Any final thoughts you have, Big B? Go Paco. That's right. Where I'm looking forward to this weekend, popping open a Dr. Pepper, forgetting about the rest of my worries, and just soaking up all the football. Make sure to subscribe to this YouTube channel. Follow us on all the social medias. We'll talk to you later. Go Paco. Go Paco.